morning, Oakwood. And uh, glad that you're here this morning uh, for uh, part three of a series we're in called Baggage. Before we begin this morning, let's bow our heads for uh, just a moment of prayer. Let's pray that prayer we've been praying this year. Uh, every week, pray, Lord, to God, Lord God, speak to me. Lord God, speak to me. Would you pray that right now? And believing that in our hearts, all God's people said, amen, amen. God's going to speak to us this morning. Well, I do want to welcome you uh, to part three of our series called Baggage. And as always, if you've missed the first or second week of this and you want to catch up, those are available online and uh, on podcasts all over uh, the internet and online, so you can uh, catch those that way. Um, highly, highly recommend subscribing to our YouTube channel. Uh, you get an email, a nice email when that gets uploaded every week, and you can uh, follow along, stay up with the series uh, that way. Here in the series called Baggage, we've been talking about how we're going to live free and travel light, and, and today we're going to talk about a baggage of identity, because I think that we have an identity crisis, that some of us, we really never check the baggage in our life. We, we learn to manage it. We're going to manage our baggage. We're going to just have to deal with unresolved issues that stay with us. We're going to have that constant feeling of unfulfilled life, unfulfilled living, Maybe it's that unrepented sin that, yeah, we're never really going to take care of that. We're just going to try to manage it all. But God sent His Son, Jesus, on the cross to take on our sins, to not let it pile up, define us, and hold us down, but that He would bear that for us and that we could have freedom in Christ Jesus. The theme verse for this series is Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, and uh, it's a real simple verse to memorize, and I would like for everybody to take that to heart. It's great to be able to recall Scripture and not have to get out your Bible sometimes. It's really easy. Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, where Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. I will take that baggage from you and offer you a life of freedom. Now, today we're going to talk about an identity crisis that I think plagues most people, and even Christians. And this baggage, I'm just warning you this morning, is a little bit deep. It's a little bit weighty. And what I'm going to ask you to do this morning is to just be completely honest, to let your guard down, to open up your mind, to open up your heart. Don't be distracted by anything around you. Allow God to just speak directly to you this morning and see if you can maybe identify with what we're going to talk about in the message today. Because here, here is the problem, here's the baggage at its core today is that we believe what others say about us more than what God says about us. And sometimes, I'll take it a step further, it's not just that we believe. Sometimes we care what others say about us more than what God says about us. But who is the one that's telling the truth? Is it your critics? Is it those that maybe come against you in life? Or is it God Almighty who is your Heavenly Father if you've accepted Him and called on Him to be your Savior? You see, this creates this huge um, insecurity that we have. This huge identity crisis that will let the world define us by its values and its systems. That, that we'll, we'll, let it, we, we'll let ourselves be defined by how much money we have and how affluent we look to the world. How much intelligence that we have and how smart we are and are we making the grade and are we you know, really intelligent, we solve problems and we get maybe some kind of satisfaction or some glory for that. Maybe, maybe it's, it's ability, you have some special ability. Or maybe it's just what you look like on the outside, your beauty. But it seems like if we go with that system for life that we can all agree that at some point you're going to fail there. Money, intelligence, ability, and beauty, when we try to live to those things, it creates this baggage in our life. 
And our identity should be in Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior. But so many times we get wrapped up into performing and conforming to the pattern and the mold of this world. And our goal today is to let the power and the presence of God and the truth of His Word flush out these lies that we believe and that we would find our true identity in Christ Jesus. And so we're going to silence all the negative voices, all those things that seem to be keep creeping up in our lives from the past, and instead of living in the past, we're going to be looking forward to the future, and we're going to, we're going to put away lies, we're going to embrace the truth of God, and look forward in our life. Now when we read Scripture, we can see this, and we can identify this, and I want to turn to see what God has to say to us this morning. So if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, John's Gospel chapter 1, verse 12. If you didn't bring your Bible this morning, please grab that one that's right there in front of you. And if you uh, grab that Bible and you uh, turn that to page 886, you'll be at John chapter 1. You'll be able to follow along with us this morning. And as always, you're invited to get out your phone, uh, to get out your tablets. You can follow along in our app. And all the sermon notes and all the scriptures are there for you. 886, John chapter 1. And we're just going to look at this one verse this morning. This is one of a couple of verses that we're really going to focus in on. I really want us to take this home. I really want us to understand this. John chapter 1 verse 12 says this. But to all, now think about what he's saying there. But to who? It's to all, but to all, and then he qualifies it. Who did receive him? To all that have received Christ as Lord and Savior. To all that have called upon his name. So he's talking to the saved ones. But to all who did receive him, who did what? Who believed in what? His name. Who believed and put their faith in Christ Jesus as the Son of God. He gave the right. Has, has almost like a legal feeling to it. Like this is a right. This is something that I am entitled to. And look what you are entitled to. Gave them the right to become what? Children of God. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. And that is your identity if you're in Christ Jesus. You're a child of God. But so many of us, we don't live that way. And for some of us, honestly, our mind hasn't gotten there yet. We, we don't believe that way. And we struggle, and we end up carrying, carrying this baggage around because we think we are what people say we are. Or for some of us, we think we are what we did in the past. We think we, think we are what we maybe did this week. Not in the recent past. Some of us, we have stuff that haunts us from 20, 30, 40 years ago. And we carry this load, and we need to leave it at the cross of Calvary. Because that's not how God views you anymore. You are now a son. You are now a daughter of the Most High God. And you are defined by God in your Heavenly Father now, not by what you did in the past, but who you are in Christ and the change that He brings so check this out, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. This is another one, and I'm telling you, you ought to just memorize this. Have this on total recall in your mind. Memorize this truth in Scripture. It's so affirming for us who are in Christ Jesus. It says, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is what is in Christ, he is what? He is new creation. New creation, brand new. The old has done what? The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. It's gone. The new has come. We're going to be talking about this today because when we read these two verses, we read truth about who we are in Christ and how God feels about us because we are now children. When we accept Him, we are His children. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. But the problem is some of us don't believe that. 
The problem is some of us don't believe that truth. We don't identify. We don't wrap up our identity identity in this truth. Some of us don't live by this truth. And again, our goal today is to to get rid of that baggage of an identity crisis and and performance and conforming to the world and what we think uh, the world wants us to do, who we think we are aside from Christ Jesus, and accept and walk in the truth of who we are in Christ Jesus. Now, I think that we all struggle with this identity issue. At one time or another in life, it is easy for me to preach on this this morning because I have struggled with this identity issue in my life. And so perhaps you can relate to one of these. So this is where I want you to be honest this morning. Open up your mind, open your heart, see if you can relate to this. Because maybe, maybe you have struggled with one of these. Maybe at some point in your life, you were a conformer. And conformers, they try to conform because they don't feel like they fit in. And so if you've ever had the feeling like, I don't fit in, then you were a conformer. So let me relate this back, adults and and students this morning. Let me relate this back to time in your life. Uh, For me, it was middle school. I was pretty much secure um, in in, in, uh, elementary school, but when I got to middle school, it was different. You know, it it was uh, a bunch of schools coming together. I kind of lost my identity with my, my friends. And you have this tendency and this temptation to want to conform to who you're with. Why? It's because you're just wanting to fit in. You know, you have this tendency that when you're with this group that talks and uses that kind of language, it's amazing how you'll turn that kind of language on when you hang out with them. Now, you would never use that language here in the church. You really wouldn't use it at home in front of mom or dad. You know, if you're an adult, you wouldn't use that kind of language in front of your kids. You wouldn't use that language in front of your wife. But yet you go out and you start to conform. Why? Because you want to fit in. There's this desire, we crave acceptance, we crave that we want to fit in, and we find that our identity is is now caught up in whether I fit in or not. Am I a part of this group? Am I a part of this, this club? And so the decisions that we make, the actions that we take, are all perceived expectations of others, and that is the highest goal. Now, we see this all throughout Scripture. One of the ones that jumped out at me was King Saul. In 1 Samuel uh, chapter 15, King Saul had made some decisions. Now, he was the king of Israel, God's chosen people, one of the most powerful nations in the world at that time with God's favor upon him. He was selected. He was anointed the king. And King Saul, one of the most powerful people on earth at that time, in 1 Samuel chapter 15, 24, he said this to one of God's prophets named Samuel. He said this. He said, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words. So Samuel had said, you need to go this direction with God. And he had felt like God from on high had given him a commandment to do something a specific way, to go a specific direction. So this is what he said, I have sinned, uh-oh. I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord in your words, uh-oh. Because why? And this is what he says, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Conform. I was more worried about what the people wanted. I was more worried about what they wanted. And in other words, what King Saul is saying to us today is, I felt pressure like I wasn't living up to their expectations. And so I decided I want to conform. I want to be a popular king. I want everybody to love me and think so highly of me. And so I'm going to conform my actions to what they wanted me to do. And a lot of us do this, right? It's how we fit in. How you fit in in your childhood, how you made it. For a lot of us, we morally conform to our, to our group. For some of us, we compromise God's purity standards in the area of our sexuality, that we will actually compromise that sometimes. 
For some of us, we've battled with the I don't really fit in our whole life and it's carried in from our childhood and our insecurity then all the way into adulthood now. This thought that I don't really fit in and so we have to make compromises, the series of compromises, and we conform to the pattern of the world. In Romans 12 too, it says, do not conform to the pattern of the world any longer, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and that's done in Christ Jesus. So in all honesty and transparency this morning, I'm wondering, can anyone relate to that, a conformer, that, that you didn't fit in, that you became a conformer, you felt that pressure to conform? Does anyone, can anybody own that this morning? I had some people in first service, good, good, some people owning that, I appreciate that honesty this morning. Sometimes we find ourselves there, I, I know that I've done that many times in my life. The second thing that maybe you can relate to and maybe you've struggled with this is a performer. A performer. Performers struggle with this thought and this idea of I'm not good enough. I'm just not good enough. For many of us, this manifested itself in school with our grades. That's where it started. Because if you made A's and you were on the A list and you were on the superintendent's honor roll and stuff, that was great. Because you were making it. But for some of us, when we got a B felt like an F. And that's because our parents were putting this pressure on us to perform to the highest standard. For some of you, this happened in sports. You were never the best on the team. You tried. You did practices all year long, and you were on every opportunity, every tournament, every traveling team. You did everything, and you were always second best. There's always that, that person, that guy or that girl on that team was just a little bit better than you. And you found yourself constantly pursuing this, this approval because of your performance. And you thought, well, I'm just not good enough. I was just a little bit better. For some of you, it wasn't sports. It was band. You know, band, band nerds unite, you know. Woo, all the band nerds. Woo. Yeah, all the band nerds up in the house of God this morning. Yeah. But for you, it was what? You had to be first chair, Right. You went home and told mom and dad, man, you know, I made second chair. And it, that, that kid always had private lessons nine hours a week, and they practiced. That's all they did was play that stupid instrument. And you actually had a life, but you got second chair, and you found yourself always in second, right? Always with this pressure to perform, and you constantly went through life. I mean, some of you are sitting here this morning, you feel like, I never won in life. Could never get the win. It's always second best. Sometimes I get sick of being second best. I have, this, I have this thing deep down inside of me that says you're not good enough. And you, need to, you need to perform. And some of us, we carry this right up into our adult years, don't we? As grown-ups, now we're trying to perform for a boss at work, right? For some of us, we're trying to be the perfect wife at home. Well, I'm trying to be the perfect wife, and if everything in my life isn't perfect, then I feel like a failure, Everything's not perfect in my life. For some of us guys, so maybe some of us dads here this morning, we want to be the perfect husband. And how we view that a lot of times is to be the perfect provider. Oh, if I just had a little more money. And so we strive and we spend all of our time trying to just get a little bit more so we can be the perfect provider for our family. If we just had a little bit more for our family. And really, all our family wants is just a little more of us. But we're going after, no, we're going after just a little bit more money. And we find ourselves trying to perform because we just don't ever feel like we're quite good enough. Has anyone been there? Does anyone relate to that this morning, that I'm a performer? Yeah, I feel like I'm not good enough. I appreciate that, that transparency this morning. And the third one you might be able to relate to, and maybe if you're like me, you can relate to all these. The third one is a clinger. We've got a conformer, we've got a performer, and then some people are what I would identify as a clinger. And a clinger, they struggle with this feeling of worthlessness. They just think, I'm, not, I'm just not worthy. 
I'm just not worthy. Those of you that have ever been rejected by someone, you probably find yourself with a tendency to cling. Now let me explain what I mean by this. Those of you whose dad left your mom for another woman, you might find yourself with this tendency of struggling with self-worth because you blame yourself. Had nothing to do with you. Had nothing to do with you. Had everything to do with your dad and his choices and, and his giving in to temptation and sinfulness in his life. But for some reason, as a, as a child of, of someone who, who's divorced now, you carry this burden that I just wasn't good enough and I hadn't created so much stress on my mom and my dad. And they might still be together today and I'm just, man, I'm worthless. I just can't get anything right. And you struggle with feeling the self-worth. And you always feel like you're just not worthy. You're always asking the question, what did I do wrong? And you listen to those lies from Satan, it becomes this heavy baggage that you, you carry. And, and a lot of times it's just circumstances in life. But you still feel the struggle. And you feel that way and you become a clinger. Because what a clinger does is it clings to whoever's going to give them validation or worth. We see this a lot of times play out in dating relationships. I'm going to cling to because you validate me because, you know, and you see this in relationships, you know, it probably starts in the teenage years. Uh, some of you can identify with that where you go from one relationship to the other. It's the girl that always had to have a boyfriend, right? Or the boy that always had to have a girlfriend. You're a clinger. You're finding your, your validation in this other person. I was trying to think of this in scripture and I thought of John chapter 4. If you know the Bible, John chapter 4 is when Jesus was talking at a well with a Samaritan woman. He's at the well and he's talking to her. And, and, and Jesus, you know, being the son of God, he had all knowledge at that time. So she's introducing herself. And, you know, he's asking, you know, oh, hey, are you married? And she's like, no, I don't have a husband. And this is how Jesus answers her after she says, oh, no, I don't have a husband. She, he goes, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is that you've had five husbands and the man you are with right now is not your husband. Ouch. Five husbands, five failed marriages. And the man you're with now, Jesus says, is not your husband. He saw right through her. Do you see? It was very obvious that this woman maybe had some baggage. She's trying to find her meaning and her validation in life in the next man. And the truth of the matter is, she needed to find her validation in the man, Jesus Christ. And Jesus came and confronted her death. Well, you should read John chapter 4 and, and see how, how Jesus uh, just, just led her to God and, and led her to being a Christ follower. But she was a clinger, looking for validation and worthiness from for men. Maybe you have struggled with that. Maybe you can identify with that this morning, that you've been a clinger. You've battled that feeling of being unworthy. Or maybe you even could say that you've battled feeling unlovable. Does anyone relate to that this morning, being a clinger? You don't feel worthy. You don't feel lovable. I appreciate that, that honesty this morning, that transparency. Now, what I want to do with the rest of our time this morning is I want to eliminate that negativity. Because if you are saying, well, that is my identity. That's just who I am. I'm a conformer. I'm a performer. I'm a clinger. That's not who you are in Christ. That's maybe who you were before Christ. Or maybe some of you made a decision for Christ, but you've gone back to old patterns of behavior, maybe old thoughts in your mind, and it's time to get sanctified and redeemed this morning, and let's, let's push all, back on all this with the truth of Scripture. So what I want to do this morning, I want to share the truth, the truth about who you are in Christ. 
It's only in Christ. You get apart from Christ, you're not this. It's only in Christ when he is your Savior and Lord. And I want to share three truths with you this morning that I think will, will help you just believe who God says you are. The first one is this. In Christ, you are forgiven. In Christ, you are forgiven. You are truly forgiven. If you are in Christ, you are forgiven. And you are not defined. Your identity is not wrapped up in what you do or in what you did in the past. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says this. In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses. Trespasses is another word for sin. According to the riches of his grace. For some of you God has forgiven you. And the problem that holds you back in life is that you haven't forgiven yourself. And you're believing the lie that you're a performer, a conformer, a clinger. And that you just can't. Get over that. There's all this old junk in life. Maybe it's a sin pattern. Maybe it's some filth. Maybe it's something that's happened to you. But in Christ, it's gone. It's as if you had never done those things. It's, 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 it's with God as if it had never happened. And he sees you as a brand new creation. So we proclaim the truth of Ephesians 1.7 and the truth of 2 Corinthians 5.17 that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus because you are redeemed. And it's time for you to move beyond Move beyond the conformer, performer, clinger mentality and proclaim through the redemption and the blood of Jesus Christ that you actually have forgiveness of your sins. And in Christ you are forgiven. And don't ever forget that. And when the devil is trying to remind you of what you've done in your past, then you remember the blood of Christ covers those sins. And that God in his mind remembers them no more, the scripture says. In Christ you are forgiven. Who else are you in Christ? In Christ, you are secure. If you are an insecure person this morning and you struggle with insecurity, this is a great day for you because in Christ, you can be secure. And you don't have to respond to everything that happens in your life with this insecurity about who you are, or you're not good enough, or don't fit in. You are secure in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21-22 says this, It is God who establishes us. That word established here is a strong word. It means that you are grounded. It means that you are rooted. You are established. And it's not you that established you. It is God. It is God who establishes us with you in Christ. Here we are. It's in Christ you are secure. And he has anointed us. He's given us a special calling. He's called us out of the world into his heavenly service. And who has also put his seal He's put a seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. You read a scripture like that and you're like, I can be and feel secure for who I am in Christ Jesus. You're not going to walk around feeling insecure anymore about who you are. When those negative thoughts come, you remember, I am secure. Not because of who you are, but because of whose you are. What do we read in the first verse, John 1, 12? What does it say? You are a son and a daughter of the heavenly father. You're one of his children. And you need to believe and buy in to what he says about you more than anything this world will say about you. And so you are secure in Christ because the same spirit that raised Christ from the grave is living inside of you. And you are secure and you have been sealed with the precious blood of Jesus. And you now are in the club. You, are now, you now have full access to the kingdom. Have you ever felt that way in life? I had a time 
where, where I was trying to think of a way to illustrate this is a, a story where I felt like I was in the club. About three years ago, we hosted a concert, and our church was a part of hosting a concert by, by a band named For King and Country. So if you follow Christian music at all, uh, you've probably heard of that group. It's one of the most popular uh, groups. They've had so many number ones. They win awards every year. So, But there's this, this Christian band called For King Country. We hosted a concert. It was here in Eden. It was actually at the event center. And, and us and, and a couple other parachurch organizations and churches came together and, and helped fund uh, that concert and, and, and be able to get the band to come and to, and to pull it off and everything. But one of the cool things that happened is because we were sponsors for it and because we were down there working and a lot of you volunteered for that. We appreciate that and because we were working down there is I got a special lanyard because I was the pastor of Oakwood and we were one of the supporting organizations for the concert and I got this this lanyard and it was an Oakwood lanyard but what it allowed me to do was to have full access to everything I can even go backstage where the security guys the big buff security guys stand they say hey get back to your seat I'd just be like hey <laughs> I have a lanyard and when you have a lanyard, they go, oh, sir, come right on in. So I got to go backstage. So I have this picture of me uh, and, and Joel from the band. If you know uh, Joel, I got to go backstage and pretend like I was friends with him. You know, no, I'm just kidding. Actually, he's a really great guy. I got to talk to him for a little while and spend a little time with him. He's a, a super great guy, very authentic, very genuine Christian artist. But man, I felt like this is awesome. I got my lanyard on. I'm in the cloud. I go anywhere I want to at this concert. And you feel like that's that's who you are. That's the security, the type of security you should have when you approach church. And when you, when you approach your heavenly father is you are a child of the king. And he's giving you the lanyard of his son that says, I'm in. And so I don't have to be insecure about what the world says about me or what I did in the past. And all the struggles that I've had and all the baggage that I've, I'm going to check all that baggage. I'm going to be secure in Christ Jesus. And so I want you to own that this morning that in Christ, and it's only in Christ, it's not on your own doings. It's not on your own merits or how good you are, but in Christ, you are secure. And the last thing I want you to, to know this morning is that in Christ, you are free. In Christ, there's freedom. Look what it says in John's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 36. It says, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. You don't set yourself free. If the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. We sing that song sometimes. Remember, who the Son sets free it's free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. We sing that song uh, sometimes here in church, and we're proclaiming that truth back to God, that we, we are sons and daughters of the King, and because the Son sets us free, we can be free and, indeed. Romans 8.1 puts it this way. It says, there is therefore, because of what, what has happened in Christ Jesus, because of his sacrifice, because of his resurrection, there is therefore now no condemnation. How much condemnation is there? No condemnation for those who are what? In Christ Jesus. In Christ. In Christ. In Christ. That is the key here. In Christ you are free. And you're free from your past. And you're free from your days where you are conformer, performer, clinger. Or if you've carried that even into today, you are free from that. You are free from hurt. You're free from the pain that's been associated with that. You are free from the negative words that everybody said about you. Because God doesn't feel that way about you. So don't believe those negative words. Don't live to the standard of those negative words any longer. You are free from that. You're free from what anyone has ever said about you. You're free from addictions. You're free from those struggles. Maybe you're free from, I want you to know this more, you're free from that habit. That habit that you feel like, I just couldn't kick this habit. You are free from that in 
Christ. You're free from the baggage that's been holding you back in life. In Christ. You see, it's all in Christ. So that's the truth I want to replace the lies that maybe you've been struggling with this morning. I want to proclaim to you the truth this morning about you. And what God says about you and how God feels about you. And you can say these things because of a heavenly father that loves you. So much so that he sent his son as a sacrifice for you. And took on all the sins that you committed in the past. All the sins that maybe you even committed last night. And he's taken those upon the cross of Calvary. He offers you forgiveness in Christ. He offers you security in Christ. He offers you freedom in Christ. And that's the truth from the Bible and from the gospel to you this morning. Now, if you're here this morning and you're not a child of God, you've never called on him as your Savior and Lord, you can do that this morning. You can make that decision to follow him. In just a minute, we're going to sing a song, and there's going to be decision guides and staff and elders that are going to be over here at the decision room. And while we're singing that song, I want you to feel free to just walk over there, talk to someone, pray with someone, ask a question. But don't leave here this morning carrying that baggage of insecurity, carrying that baggage of an identity crisis because you're going to walk out of here believing for another week what the world says about you and not what God says about you. For some of you, you've been a Christian for a long time. And you believe all this truth this morning, but then you walked away from it. You started walking a different path in life. And this morning... Jesus comes to you and offers you to repent and turn away again from that pattern that you're in again. To put away all of the mistaken identity and to walk in the newness of life in Christ Jesus. In Romans 6 it says that we're raised out of the watery grave of baptism for what? To walk in newness of life. And some of you this morning, that sounds really good. When I said a new creation earlier, you were like, please, if I could be new. If I could be new, what would I do? If I could be a new creation, you can just by accepting God's gift of grace.